Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Abin, yeah, just the black country bloke, chewing the fat, about everything is mental health, disability, and life in general. Here with me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime, as always, Lee Kaplan. Now we're joined by Michael and Mitch today. Michael has written a one-man play, Trapped, as well as writing some other plays, uh, about mental health, so it's right up our alley. But we're going to tell you all about it, the inspiration, and a bit of a bit of the story. But as always, we're going to go into our gratitude list. And I, as always, have got a lot to be grateful for. I've just come back from a remarkable holiday with me, my wife, and my daughter. Brilliant. No technology, just quality family time. So I'm very grateful for that. I'm also grateful. Wales away. Um, my two boxers, Osman Mohammed and William Wilson, went to Arangay Cup. William come back with a silver medal and Osma come back with a gold medal. I'm grateful that um, Osma and William both sent me the fights, as always, to keep me in the loop, even though I wasn't there. And I'm grateful for my dad, uh, Josh and Simon, who headed it up and did the coaching. And yeah, grateful for my team. What are you grateful for, bro? Similar along your lines, Kev. Uh, I was very lucky to go to the Gervais weekend at Centre Parks this weekend. Um, but what I'm really grateful, not, not only the families that met us there and, and, you know, talking to people who had similar experience to myself and my daughter, but also, um, I got to spend a lot of time with my son, um, because my eldest daughter took her friend with her. So she was off doing that, um, which meant left me and my son to, to go swimming and do this. And, you know, we just, we had a absolutely crazy, fantastic weekend. Yeah. And I'm just grateful I got to spend that time. Michael, what are you grateful for? Oh. No, I didn't expect that one. Um, I've been grateful for life at the moment. Uh, there's there's lots going on, and uh, it's just exciting to do various different things and just keep on top of everything if I can, sort of thing. So, yeah. Mitch, what are you grateful for, bro? Um, I am grateful for the people I have in my life that are extremely supportive of me and what I want to do. Uh, and I'm grateful that I'm having the opportunity to do the things that I love doing. Um, and being able to share those with the people I care about. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, we've all mentioned like family and opportunities and freedoms. Because when you take away any of those things, freedoms, family, ain't life so much tougher. Mm. You know what I mean? And we, we have got to remind ourselves, and it's something I've been on this journey. I say we've been doing this for four years now, and remind myself some days, like you'll go, oh, I was having a great day, and then this plonker said this i'm like oh i ruined my day good no that was a very small fragment of a wonderful day so don't focus on the idiot focus on all the wondrous things around it and that's been a something i've been learning more and more as the years are going on and something we've worked on together isn't it really and focusing on the positive and less on the bad yes the bad is going to happen and sometimes yeah. it is very undeniably bad but having people you can care about and lean on and get through it makes that a bit easier. And, and I bet that's a bit like with your writing. I mean, yeah. you've read several plays, haven't you? 
yeah so this uh, uh trapped is the fourth play that i've written um and uh i've also written four short novels um trying to write number five but i never seem to get any time for that um but again i think for me i find that is i can escape into another world as it were when i'm writing and often the people in my stories are having a hell of a lot more of a bad time than i ever am and so it brings back my life into perspective when i'm looking at those things that i'm writing about you said about some of your stuff because um one suicide one male domestic abuse mm -hmm. mess um mental health and cancer yeah and they've been subjects we've touched on ourselves through here with and they're very under talked about i mean cancer everyone experiences cancer i mm. think it's now one in two of us but even though it can also be in our lives doesn't mean they're easy to talk about no male domestic abuse very very underrated talked yeah. about mm. and suicide we are getting better at it but yeah it's still that stigma around mental health domestic abuse and suicide yeah. are killing people yeah very much the the, the um the suicide play which was last year's festival play <clears throat> was um actually a black comedy and the whole joke uh, as it were if you can call it a joke was there were four people who, who all chose the same day at the same time on the same window ledge to commit their solo act of suicide mm. and now they had to contend with uh, three other people on their window ledge and it was a story of hope because in the end spoiler alert nobody jumps because they become the solution to each other's problems and they help each other off the window ledge and they leave a note to say that look if you get yourself to this point before you jump call us i like that because it also shows that the, the talking helps yeah it is, is and i think it it's that that is the one of the, the key things that you know i've found in my life i've had some really dark times but having people i can reach out to and talk to is has made the difference and it got me through it now that's not always been easy because sometimes we just want to keep it to ourselves mm. but we have to actually just acknowledge that we can't do it on our own and that's very much with the play of Trapped, the, the end of it without seeing again too much of the spoiler alerting, um, is that Thomas has to realise he can't do it on his own. He can't go back to whatever normality is on his own. <clears throat> he needs help. And and he, or does he? Uh, but he, well, he does, obviously. But he comes to that solution in the end. But it's a rocky road to get there. There's a lovely saying. I don't know if you've ever seen... Um the boy the mole the horse and the fox the book but the bbc made it into a, a, a movie i recommend anyone sees and i say this all the time and it's such a remarkable saying that based on a lot of my finger name it says what's the hardest thing you've ever asked because help because asking for help is not giving up it's refusing to give up i thought how beautiful that is because when we feel well, i don't give up i don't ask for help mm. but at that point that i've asked for help i've realized i don't want to give up Mm. And that little bit of help can push pull me over the line. Yeah, and I love that. And no matter what we're going through, be it abuse or loneliness or cancer, or it, we all need help. Mm. Even when we're winning, yeah. we need help because am I going to keep on winning? Yeah, keep you know, am I going to keep my focus on it? Yeah. We've got one of our boxers, say Osama Mohammed, one of the best boxers in the country. He still needs help now. Mm and that's how it is and i think that's the thing a lot of people think that it's weak to ask for help but actually it's a sign of great strength and mm. a great 
to you know quality of character to actually say no i can't do this on my own i need help mm -hmm. and that is actually you know again part of what the, the message through trapped is that it's not a weak it's a strength if you can actually acknowledge that you need help go for it because that's what it's there for and the mal bravado mm -hmm. has killed so many men yeah because we won't ask for it we won't admit we're struggling with we can't ask for help when we're behind on our payments or mm. that we're draining ourselves in the poison that's making us worse so more people can be talking about it and sympathizing saying i wasn't exactly where you were but i was somewhere similar and at that point i realized i did need help and i, I think you do now mm. having these conversations mm. and it would, i mean without giving away too much yeah mitch about trapped tell us something about your character what's his name thomas thomas rogers and tell us a little bit about thomas and so thomas he's he's gone through uh, a rather traumatic time um can't say what but it's gone <laughs> he, he's gone through something that has severely uh, affected him and he's having to deal with the repercussions i suppose you could say of that and the feeling of being responsible for that thing and it's that feeling responsible for it that is present preventing him from getting the help he needs from getting out there and doing what he needs to do to help himself because he's holding himself responsible for something that was not necessarily his fault in the first place mm. and i think most people can relate to something like that it doesn't have to be anything as traumatic uh, but we can all relate to feeling responsible for something and we won't forgive ourselves and we won't do anything to help ourselves with it almost because we feel like we deserve the punishment that we are mm. receiving mm. by reliving it over and over again um, and i think that is something that is the main focus of what thomas is having to go through and overcome uh, in in the show uh, you're in rehearsals now, aren't you? Yes. I'll just read out the dates of the actual show. So it's Thursday, the 20th of July, uh, Friday, 21st, and Saturday, the 22nd of July, all at 7 pm. And it's £10 a ticket, and you can get them from Blue Orange Theatre, which is the website scrolling across the bottom. Um, but obviously, you, you're, you're um, rehearsing now, and no doubt a, a play like that is very emotional. How, how do you does that stay with you or i know there's some actors out there method actors and yeah. and they stay in that character and it really kind of affects yeah. their life is are you the same or um, is it no for the most part with me i i can come in and i can do it and i can leave it there uh this was just posing a challenge for me because i am i'm very fortunate that i have not really had to deal with any uh mental health issues um i've obviously gone through the basic things that most people have go through i i i have i'd say mild social anxiety uh, interacting with new people isn't exactly my strong suit i tend to shrink into myself unless i am forced to have to talk to Come on a podcast. those people yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the difference is uh, I, I i'm on camera so i get to put on a show um <laughs> but it's it's challenging because i'm having to tap into something that I only know about through research. And I do have people in my life that go through stuff like that. So I, my, my partner, um, she has things she deals with. And without it sounding grim, that really helps me in one regard, because 
I can use that, I can pull from that um, to, uh, to get the emotion across. But while it's in rehearsal, because it's also like a workshopping process, I, I don't feel fully in that emotional state at that point. For me, my, the way my process works, that comes, for example, once I'm completely off book, and I can focus purely on just getting that emotion. You're, you, you're learning the character, aren't exactly, you? Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is difficult to do because it is, it's not a far from me character, but it is far enough that it's slightly out of my comfort zone. It has been interesting doing the rehearsals because there's been times, I mean, I, I wrote it, I've read it through and I've read it for myself and I've seen it time and time again. And sometimes, um, as we've been developing it, Thomas, uh, without saying not Mitch, but Thomas does something and I'm like, oh gosh. And I'm thinking, but I know that's coming. So how on earth is that going to make the audience feel? Um, and I think that's, again, part of the the art of, of a play like this is, is to actually make people go, oh, yeah that's what he's feeling and Mitch is he probably won't praise himself but he's doing really well in in developing that already and as you say he's not off book yet for all of it um and I think once that comes it's going to be even more powerful um you know we're not talking about making people cry and and burst into tears and stop but what we're trying to do is raise awareness of the struggle that this guy Thomas Rogers has in his life and he visits various scenes from his life um and sometimes we see people who seem to care but don't really show it and then others who really just don't care and don't get it and don't understand the the problems that he has um but that's real to life you know um for uh, every... is there almost like um a slight uncomfortableness when you hear it I just I think, think, yeah, I, I think, think that's it's a good uncomfortable thing. as such. I mean, I, I should say we, it's a one-man play, um, but there are other voices that we hear. So, yeah. um, without giving away too much, again, Thomas um, replays certain scenes in his life. He can see the people he's interacting with. We can hear them, but we can't see them. He also has uh, an inner dialogue with his mother. So he can hear mummy, even though she's not there anymore, through the, the picture frame that he has with mummy. Um, and again, he can hear her and he can effectively interact with her. We can't hear or, or see her. Um, but again, it just gives us a sort of a window into sometimes what the brain can do for us um, in a good way, but also sometimes in a bad way. And that was the, the deliberate part behind it. So it's it's a, it's a strange one-way man show, because normally a one-man show, you just hear one voice the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. Here there are other voices who, friends of mine who have already re recorded their part, and they're played through the speakers. Um, so it, it's it's clever in that way. Yeah. It's clever, modestly. <laughs> I, I, I found with, with this, I've... I, I, it, it's more I put a pressure on myself about it and I've expressed this um, uh, to my partner and I think maybe my mom, but I've expressed it to people um, that I worry about not doing it justice mm -hmm. because the people who actually go through this, I worry if they're going to see me do this and be like, that's not accurate. That's not at all what, what it's like. So I, I obviously do my research about it and 
I, my, my partner made a very good point, which is helping me keep the pressure off a little bit, is that I am doing an inner monologue of someone going through this outwards, mm. something that people wouldn't normally say, I'm having to say out loud because I'm on stage. They need something to to see. You can't sit in silence, can yeah, you? No. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit of a boring play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sat there. Just five minutes. Thanks so much. Good luck your money. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's 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 the whole. I've got to remember that I'm taking something inner and putting it outer. Um, and with with stage, especially if, for example, you don't have microphones, everything has to be bigger. So people can see it and interact with it. So even though I have these worries of like, am, am I going to portray it as too out there? It's like, well, it needs to be because it needs to make the impact it needs. People need to be able to hear me and understand what's going on in the show, um, which is yeah. something I didn't expect. I'd end up ha ha having uh, go through my head. But yeah. yeah. And what has been your inspiration for writing these things, Michael? Um, a lot of it comes from, <clears throat> I mean, the, the first play, um, A Matter of Law, which was the, the play about male domestic abuse, that um, there was uh, three of us who at the time wanted to form the theatre company and, and do some theatre. We were doing some um, rather shoddy uh, acting classes at the time, which we spent more time laughing at the way that the, the classes were than actually learning. And we said, well, we want to do some theatre. And I'd just written a book uh, called Escape from Marriage um, by Michael Harris on Amazon. Sorry, not plugging it, really. Um, <laughs> <shameless> <laughs> plug. um, and that book was about male domestic abuse. And I said, well, look, why don't we use that as our subject? I've never written a play before, but I'll go away and we'll meet in a couple of weeks time and you know i'll see what i've got and we can go from there and literally just over a week later we met at my flat in uh, birmingham and the first draft of at the time we didn't even have a name for the play uh, came out and it was the idea of a courtroom now where that idea came from no idea but it it came and it all crystallized i could see it we had to chop loads of it out because it was only allowed to be less than an hour at the time um, we've since done a new version, which is a, a, a two act play where the first act is the prosecution. They then have an adjournment, sorry, an interval um, where they call a jury because the audience become the jury and they're told you mustn't discuss this with anyone other than those in the court case. It was all very cheesy, but it worked. They went out and then they came back, saw the cases of the defense, then they voted. So that was inspired by the book. Um, the, the cancer play. I met a few people at the time who were, who were going through that experience. And so that, that inspiration just came. And again, the idea of that one was there were two ladies who met on a chemotherapy ward and they just connected. They shouldn't have done. One was an old, older, upper, upper class, shops at Waitrose, husband, husband's a computer programmer, um, nothing in common with the younger girl who was a young black mum, two small kids um, on a final dose of chemotherapy. If this fails, it's it. She's finished. And sadly, one of them doesn't make it because um, I don't believe in all happy endings. Unfortunately, life is not that way. Um, and again, it, it was a very powerful play, um, delivered that. And then the suicide one, again, it was another subject that I wanted to tackle. Um, and it just felt right. And that was the only thing I wrote during the lockdown uh, period. Um, we did do some other stuff, but that was the only film, new play we wrote. So yeah where does it come from i don't know i think it just comes into my head um 
there are i'm working on a a, a possible play at the moment about a ukrainian family who moved to the uk and um move into um i think sutton coalfield and the frictions and it's a bit sort of romeo and juliettes um but in a modern day concept in terms of they've got a 17 year old daughter from romania and they've got a 17 year old son from the uk he uh the the father of the white family doesn't think that these foreigners should be allowed in the country. The Ukrainian guy is proud because he lost his garage in Ukraine. He's come over here, he's working in a garage, um, but he doesn't really want to be mixing with the white people. And in the end, these two families um, have to work together because their daughter and son run off to London to go and watch um, Phantom of the Opera, as you do, or as I do. <laughs> um, uh, spoiler alert, but there we go. And in the end, they do actually come together and realize that although they're from different places and different races they're actually not that different when it comes down to it and so again that's a new idea of working on it whatever it comes where it ever comes stage don't know but it's just there that's what the world's all about isn't it yeah don't really matter how we look what we pray mm. what we pray if we pray if we don't pray we've got more in common than we have that we don't have in common yeah and it's about what you focus your energy on positive and love or hate and division mm. and i think that's just part of life isn't it yeah and i think it's wonderful when people can be writing these things because some people find inspiration by a song some people find inspiration by a, a portrait or a photograph some people see it as a movie or a play mm. but i think more mediums we have of showing beauty and hard to talk about subjects the better it is mm. finding your medicine as we've said all along on your medicine that makes you better yeah and as long as the beauty's out there all we've now got to point people in how to go and find it yeah and if they can come to your show but if they can't is there any of them been recorded or anything on funny enough uh, a matter of law and um for those we leave behind during the lockdown we had people in their own houses covert uh, covert covid safe record on zoom and then what I did was very bad editing of it. Um, so those are available on YouTube. I've got a feeling one of them they've taken down because of copyright, because we used a lot of really good music and some... They um, do it at all, don't they? Yeah, some people... Can you YouTube? Yeah, it's really <laughs> annoying. Um, but the, as far as I know, for those who leave behind, uh, so if you look for Michael Harris um on youtube you should find it and and for those we leave behind uh, that one is the the two ladies and cancer and again we filmed all of that um in their own safety um i think that one might be the one that taken down so it's a matter of law but anyway um the hope is at one stage um we will uh, do them again um trapped but obviously being just the two of us involved because uh, i'm as well as director and writer i also do the technician uh, on the day so we keep it all in house we would like to maybe in the future take it on on tour um to other venues so if there are people listening in who have a theater or um a location where they think a play like this would be helpful um even in a mental health um training situation um we would be delighted to speak to them they can get in touch through the uh through the theater or through the um the website for twogensme.co.uk um we'd be delighted to help and get involved has mental health always been a passionate subject to yourself have you had your own struggles i think i yeah i i 
I was in a, a difficult relationship. I wouldn't say my wife was abusive in, in the, the physical sense, although she did break a coat hanger on the bed once in front of me, but that's another story. Um, but she was very co um, cohesive, very controlling. Um, and it was interesting uh, when we were writing um, A Matter of Law, uh, it was not long after they brought in the new law, um, which was the coercive and controlling behaviour. So previously, uh, abuse was physical and there was no in implication of any mental ability uh, uh, abuse. And we were saying earlier about how that actually can be sometimes worse. You know, the, you know, things like, you know, oh, you're, oh, is that the best you can do? Or, you know, what time do you call this? You're late. You know, where, where you know, and all those sort of abuses. Um, so for me, my writing comes out of some of the experiences I've had in my life and some of the experiences I've seen other people having in their life. I then, the names are changed to protect their identity and all that sort of thing and, and come out from there. Um, and I think there's a certain getting help by talking about those things and by writing about those things. Um, you know, I'm a strong believer in don't keep it to yourself, share it. Um, the old, I mean, I was always taught at school, problem shared is a problem halved or whatever they say. I don't think it always necessarily works, but actually when you can talk about something, it doesn't become quite that big anymore. Yeah, And I think it's who you talk to. I think that's what's yes. missionary of that quote. Yeah. Um, Yes, yourself, Mitch. Obviously, yeah. acting. So, how did you start in that? And what? It's not uh, conventional for people around here to go into acting, is it? It's uh, just, no, I it's not. I think, it's not on the job list, is it? Yeah, I think I think the last person I know of that comes from roughly around here uh, was, I believe, her name was Anya from Wolverhampton. She plays Yennefer on the Witcher series. She's from Wolverhampton. Oh, really? And that's the only other person I've ever heard of. That comes from around Lenny here. Lenny Henry. Yeah, Lenny Henry. Uh, I met Good him luck. in college. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, so what was the question? <laughs> yeah, so how did, it, you how did, you, how did I get into it? How did I get into it? So when I was in school, uh, not so much primary school, um, I didn't really enjoy it much in primary school. Like when we did it, there was always that one kid that was put as the front and centre of everything. Uh, I remember playing a hand in Beauty and the Beast and I jump out going 11. And I remember thinking I was literally a giant hand. Like that was what was in my head. Uh, but it was only in secondary school that I started to enjoy it. So we do performances for, um, there were like variety shows that be put on that all of us that had made performances would put them on. And all the ones I did were awful. They were absolutely awful. Uh, they were not good. Um, I think there was like one that I did that was probably passable. Um, and it started from there and then since there it's just been consistent ever since uh the workload has not been consistent but the desire to want to do it has always been consistent it's always been now i've always wanted to do it i've gone through you know the various stages of not going as um as head on into it as i probably should in order to get anywhere i've gone through those different stages uh, which is why I'm now trying to do things on the regular and end up doing two performances, um, which makes some of my Mondays very busy and very exhausting. Uh, but at least I'm doing something that I love doing. And it's just, it's just come from that. I've never looked back. I've never considered doing anything else. Um, and I honestly think if it wasn't for the support of the people around me, um, especially my mom, mm. 
because that's not saying that any, anyone else listening in, that's not saying that your support is not as important. But mom has been supportive of me since I decided to pursue it. The only thing she ever asked of me was be realistic in regards to have a job so that you can cover your expenses and still live as opposed to jumping into it and then having no money and being stuck basically uh but definitely with without my mom's support there is a good chance i probably would have considered um packing it in at I, some point that's really important what your mom said there because it's very much it's great to have those dreams and those goals to to be able to achieve but you've got to be pragmatic about it as well i mean yeah, and you've yeah. got to you've got to go well actually um, this is what I want to do, but I have to do these things that are in front of me to get to that point. Yeah, um, like the, like there are people that can literally just cut everything off, jump into it, and somehow manage to find their footing. But that is a big risk. That it's few and far between. Yeah, as well. yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a case of, like you said, just building up, going step by step. Like I'm, a, I'm a believer in the law of attraction, but my belief is that it's 50 50. you can put it out there of what you want and what you, what you need the universe i suppose you could say will present you with an opportunity mm -hmm. you need to be of sound enough mind to know that that is the opportunity and whether to take it or walk away mm. kind of thing like a, a an example i am a huge fan of hugh jackman um uh, almost weirdly so and <laughs> i've always wanted to meet him or just see him and then years later he announces a tour that he's doing um around the uk and around everywhere basically and i took the opportunity because it just happened to coincide with two paychecks so i was able to afford vip and i ended up being right at the front where he was and getting to see him and briefly technically interact with him with the brushing of the hands <laughs> um so that that to me is like an example of it may take a while but it will come around if you work towards it as well. Uh, that's I think that's in life. What I found is there's things you plan for and you rehearse for, like the play. You put all your focus into it, your energy, yeah. and you and and you kind of know the the result at the end of it. If you put that work in and that time, that energy, you you know that that should be a good play. Mm. Now there is variables along the way, yeah. but you put as much as you can into it to make. To make it happen but then there's also the times in life that something may go wrong or right and and that 30 seconds where it's gone wrong or right has altered the shape of your day and yeah. you happen to be in a lift and bump into a, a person and get talking and then all of a sudden your, your day's changed because you're talking to a director yeah. or you're talking to this or you're talking to that mm -hmm. and it's those lucky those luck moments yeah i think that really can propel you on yeah but you still need to have the other moments of actually i've worked towards this and yeah. and when when i get to end that goal's fantastic and i've achieved yeah. it there, there, there's an extra sense of achievement if you've worked for it mm. and it's happened even if you have uh, had luck help you along the way right. and everyone needs to that. just being given it because i feel like yeah you appreciate it but you can't appreciate it as much as you could have if you didn't have it and worked your ass off to get to it kind of thing mm. um yeah looks great when it's on your side yes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well but if you look at it is it is always on your side because i say you could you could have had a a third you could have gone into your bath bathroom and kicked the edge of the sink and hurt your toe but it's made you a minute late for work but you've turned up and you've managed to 
walk in a minute late and something's happened within that minute that's changed your life. Whereas mm -hmm. if you hadn't stumped your toe, you'd have missed that person and not got that opportunity or something like that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's always how you kind of view it. I think it. as well, a lot of it comes down to whether you're a glass half empty or a glass half full. Um, I've always been someone who, you know, to, or tries to be someone whose glass is not just half full but usually overflowing so oh my legs fallen off well i need to need, only need to buy one pair of shoes now you know <laughs> and i can make them both last or you know it's trying to look for the bright side in the dark tunnel and it's not always easy no but, but it's always there yeah and that's what if you look uh, yeah. for it and again i think that was the the essence of the, the for those really for for to jump last year was that even in the darkest time when it doesn't appear there's any light, there is always light if you look for it. And there is always a solution if you look for it. And that might be having to admit you can't find that yourself, but there is always a way out. Mm. Um, and that isn't jumping off the cliff or taking tablets or whatever. It's it's acknowledging that you need that support and getting it. And, and I think that was the whole point mm. of Four to Jump was that on their own, their life wasn't worth living um but when they work together as a as a core of four they could then start to resolve the issues and some of those issues that they had um weren't just going to go away overnight there was one guy who was potentially hiv positive and he could could be or he could not be he didn't know um and the fact is they couldn't say well we'll just make it so you're not but that what they were saying was if you are well then I've always been told I'm a good nursemaid. I'll look after you. Oh, and I can run your company for you. Oh, well, I'm, you come and live with me until we find you somewhere to live. So they were giving solutions to his issues, even when in that respect, they weren't necessarily even there. And so I think that's the thing. It's, it's finding people you can like lean on um, and being willing to do that. And that's the difficult bit sometimes. Having people on the outside looking in at your problem instead of being in your problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I it was, I've got a friend who's is going through a really dark time at the moment, and someone reached out to me. They always said, "Have you heard from this person?" And I'm like, "No, I haven't heard from them. I haven't spoken to them for ages." And the fact is that actually, what that person needs is for us to get alongside them and help them. But actually, for us to approach that person would push them further away so that person needs to actually choose to reach out to his friends who have reached out to him but if everybody starts reaching out yeah. you push them away so it is it has to come down to you you know if you're in that dark tunnel it's horrible you know i've been in the bottom of pits more times than i can remember i'm, I'm 50 i know i look only 35 but <laughs> you know i'm 50 years of old i've had lots of challenging times through my life some my fault some not my fault but I've had to take the decision to say, I can't cope, I need help. And if I don't do that, you can offer it as much as you like. But until I say, yeah, I need it, you we're not going to get anywhere. And mm. so, you know, it's it's a more intense version of everyone coming up to you being like, are you OK? Are you OK? Mm -hmm. and, you, and you just get absolutely annoyed and hated to, towards everyone because you're not okay but you don't want to talk about it right and now. it just becomes an automatic answer then yeah, is it? yeah yeah i'm fine yeah we've all said it takes courage to ask for help it takes just as much courage to accept the help definitely yeah. and that's the thing isn't it and um and when someone does ask for it we say i think it's on the intro yeah sometimes like we're knocking on the door saying help me help me help me and if no one answers eventually you stop asking yeah so yeah. if someone has got the courage to ask for help 
Yeah. Don't just brush it under the carpet. Take it very seriously yeah. and see what you can do to get them better. Yeah, and, and it's not – and the, the thing is, I think when people do ask for help, don't think you've got to have the answer. No. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. just the listening is just yeah. in, as important or the – well, actually – you know, um, I appreciate you telling me, but I, I think you need this help by these professionals or this help by these. I'll help you find the GP or yeah. I'll sit with you when you're phoning them yeah. or I'll help you look for I, a number. I, I think a good question uh, to pose, I, I found out about it based on like a uh, relationship, but it could apply to friends or anyone. If they're talking to you, ask them, do you need advice or do you need to vent? Because they're two very different things. Mm -hmm. Someone can want you, like you said, to listen, or they can want you to chime in and try and offer something up. And I think it's important to clarify as soon as possible what it is they want out of you, so that way you can better mm. help them with it. Because some people just need you to be there as a shoulder to cry on, even mm. if you say nothing, just having someone there around you. Mm. And it it stems obviously from what you said, the finding your medicine, finding the light in that dark tunnel. And not everyone's is gonna be a particular person or anything like that, it could be anything. But like for me, mine's either my partner or my best friend, Mike. If I have had the worst day or should anything, God forbid, worse happen to me that I need to talk to someone about, I know I can go to either of them because mm -hmm. Mike has this innate ability to make me laugh no matter how I am feeling. <laughs> Um, and I think that's a rare property that anyone has, to be honest. And then with my partner, something as simple as just coming back, cuddling, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Even if I don't talk, it's just that is helping me get into a better headspace just by doing these little things. Yeah. And obviously, yes, it is much more difficult if you're going through uh, depression or suicidal thoughts, stuff like that. But just simple things find the little things that make you happy in life and try and focus on that just a little bit and because i think people have the misconception that if you're laughing when you're sad you're no longer feeling sad mm -hmm. it's like no you're just choosing to make you're choosing to take a break from feeling like that all the time mm -hmm. doesn't mean you are no longer feeling it you are just choosing to take that break mm -hmm. and that is a break I choose to take whenever I'm going through something. It's like, I'm not going to feel guilty for laughing because I'm taking a break from feeling that bad. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can, you should try and do that as much as possible because maybe that little regular interval of laughing will help you not fall into that dark place even deeper. But then again, Again, I have been very fortunate that I haven't gone through any of this, so I could just be talking out my butt right now. <laughs> but that is my no, thought think, process on it. I mean, very much, you know, you're touching the, the point is there that also there's there's things like uh, Samaritans, for argument's sake. Um, a lot of people think you can only say in Samaritans if you're suicidal. And that's not the case. Okay, yeah. It can be anything. It can be you've just had a really bad day at work and you're really struggling with trying to compute everything they are there for everything yeah. and yeah. i think that's yeah like chris on didn't we from the yeah. and they said so didn't touch but exactly it says people feel like i've got a phone i'm gonna hang myself yeah it's, because i can't remember the exact number so i won't say it really went it's a third it, a tenth i can't remember yeah of the phone calls because some people are just going i'm having a wobble yeah i'm feeling very sad but i have no one else to talk to and they're there for that they're yeah. then i thought samaritans papyrus 
calm we're just for a phone call mm. you can email them you can text them so uh i want to talk to someone later but i'm not a talker okay get in touch with them and email them yeah or text them or if you're having abuse you can text you can there's this we're living in the world of so much free information mm. if you are struggling look on something and see these wonderful organizations that are out there and give them a try and the benefit again it. of those is that they are trained to do what they're doing the danger is we we try and help and we think we're helping but actually we don't know what we're doing um so unless you're trained it's actually almost better to say look thank you for telling me yeah. i believe you i'm going to stand with you but we need to get you professional support and help yeah. let's call or let's go to the doctor let's go to your gp or go to whatever um to get that help don't try and do it yourself if you're not trained because you could actually make things worse um but be willing to stand with that person and say thank you for taking me into your confidence i'm really chuffed that you felt you could do that i don't have the answers for you but i will help you and i'll stand with you until you do get those answers and that i think is important as well another hotline i should mention our brothers are tough enough to care they do a phone call and a text message cool. and they're only around this area so guys thank you so much for coming on once again when there's dates mr Cadman. Thursday the 20th, oh, Friday the 21st, <laughs> and Saturday the 22nd. Blue Orange Theatre, um, just outside the outskirts of Birmingham Central, um, near the Jewellery Court if we want to be posh, or Hockley if you just want to be normal. <laughs> um, and tickets are just £10, so cheapest chips. Um, and that's July. Yeah, July, yeah, July the 20th, July the 21st, on the 2nd. 7pm start. And before you go, I'm going to ask you both. Mm -hmm. We'll start with you, Michael. Any quotes or sayings that have either helped you get through life or just stick out in your mind? I think, you know, um, make every day, uh, treat every day as if it's your last and one day you'll be right, but make that day the best that you can do. Um, so it's almost like mixing the two together there. Mm -hmm. So, and Mitch? Uh, there's probably loads that I have come across and I probably can't remember a single one right now. <laughs> uh, but the one that immediately pops to my head is from Balboa. Um, the speech he gives, uh, nothing hits as hard as life and it will keep knocking you down and it will keep you there if you let it. Uh, don't say you're not where you are because of him or her or anybody else. You're better than that. It's um, a good one for a boxing club, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> but I, I've just found that's that's just a good one to keep in your head anyway. It's like if you accept that it's going to happen, you can combat it a little better. And like uh, like I said before, before before we started, from 500 days of summer, the world's a playground, and sometimes we forget it. Mm. So just keep treating life like a playground. Well, guys, thank you ever so much for coming on. Thank you, very much. And you guys, thanks for listening. So until we see each other next time, I want you all to take care of yourselves and each other. Ta-ra a bit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page, and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, Tararabit. Listen, listen.